Welcome to the No Fear Podcast of First Presbyterian Church. My name is Bob Fuller, Senior Pastor of First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio, Texas, with your No Fear Word of the Day. Thanks again for being with us on the No Fear podcast today. It's a wonderful day at First Presbyterian Church because we are now in our final countdown for our first public service of worship since the beginning of this COVID pandemic. It's so exciting to think that in just a few days, we'll be gathering again at 4th and Alamo at our historic location in downtown San Antonio for our public services of worship. That's right. We are going back to church, and it is such a wonderful prospect to have on the horizon. Of course, this Sunday, May 31st, is Pentecost Sunday, the Sunday that we as the church celebrate when God poured His Holy Spirit out on His people and sent them out into the world. What a great Sunday to come back together as Christ's church. Now, as you know, we have been out of our building for the last 10 weeks, and so restarting our live services is going to take something of an effort, especially to do that wisely, to do it compassionately, and to do it with a sense of purpose. That's why today I have invited Wendy Garcia, our coordinator of Connection Ministry at First Presbyterian Church, to come and tell us about this whole reopening plan, how it's going to work, what we need to know, and the spirit behind it. Wendy's also going to talk a little bit about the work that she's been doing to keep us connected during this, uh, during this COVID crisis, and also just what's been going on with her and with her family as they have been together and weathered this COVID-19 stay-at-home, shelter-in-place time together. So, Wendy, thank you for coming on the podcast today. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you, Bob. It's so good to be with you and with everyone who is listening. Um, I am the coordinator for Connections Ministry at First Presbyterian Church. It's a position that I've held for about a year and a half. Um, my role is to assist us in making sure that we are staying uh, connected to those who are visiting with us for the first time, those who have been with us for several years or maybe even decades um, before they have decided to join, and then those who are just joining with us, um, working with um, everyone to help them feel connected into the life of the church, help them find ways that they can serve uh, our church and our community and continue to love one another. And uh, that's been an interesting um, uh, interesting experience in the time period of COVID, um, but it's also opened up some amazing ways that we can continue to connect with one another, um, and it's actually been a blessing through this time to be in this position. Um, my, for my family, um, I have my married to uh, my wonderful husband, Eugene. We have two young men as sons now. One is just graduated from college, and the other is a uh, just finished his sophomore year in college. And I tell you, that's been uh, it's been an interesting experience um, over through the COVID uh, months. Um, both of them came home um, to shelter in place. Um, their schools went completely online, um, and so that was 
challenging, frustrating. It was sad at times, but it was also really joyful at times. Um, we had God gave us the opportunity to um, get to know one another as adults. Um, typically, we see them at uh, holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas. They both have been working in the summer, so we haven't spent as much time with them in the summer since they went off to college. And mm-hmm. having this past two months to get to know them as the young adult men that they are, and I think maybe for them to get to know us in a slightly different way um, has been really, really a special gift and a blessing for us during this time. Um, we had the challenges of a, of a college graduation and birthday during COVID and several different moves back and forth from Los Angeles to Pittsburgh as we got initial things home and now getting final wow. things in. And um, all of those challenges were um, just time for us to spend together. So overall, at least at this point, feel like it was a blessing um, for the most part. It's fun to have them home, though, to see what you actually do at work to some degree, though, so that so that when you go off to work, they know that you're actually really doing something. You're not just going off and hanging out with your friends or something like that. It really is. When you go to work, you really get to go off to work, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, having we all had signs on our doors as they were finishing school online, and I was working online. Eugene was working online virtually all here. We all had our own, uh, own signs out on our doors saying, working, do not disturb. And, and uh, when they came to say, what's for what's for lunch, what's for dinner, and found the working sign, it was like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, we're in a different world. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Well, you've already said a little something about what you do in the regular day-to-day rhythms of your ministry, but now I'd like to take a moment to just think about and get an overview of what's going to be happening at 4th and Alamo as we reopen our facility, as we re-engage in public worship, and just get you to give us Uh, just sort of an overview, a 30,000-foot view of what's going to be happening and how things are going to look when people return for worship this Sunday. Absolutely. So we will uh, start off at 9.30 a.m. with a traditional worship service in the sanctuary, followed by the 11.02 Contemporary Worship Service back in Westminster Hall. So that will be what we're offering. Um, unfortunately, right now, we are not able to provide child care, um, either at nursery level or elementary level, um, due to the precautions that we're taking to keep everyone safe at this time. We're technically in stage one of our reopening as, um, as um, given to us by by our session. Um, so we, that requires you know, that no, no child care at this point. We see that in the future, but we, right now we are um, just offering the two services and welcome children to join us um, at either worship service. Um, so that is the general offerings for May 31st. Yeah. Give us the look of how, what's it going to look like when people get there? And, and number one, when, when should they get there? If somebody's coming to say, for example, the 930 sanctuary service, when should they come? How should they arrive? Um, where should they, where should they plan to enter the building? Just start giving us some of those details. Excellent. So we've developed a plan that overall will provide uh, us as safe an environment as as we can have in the in the era of COVID. We want to show our love for one another in our presence together at church. And the best way to do that right now is to maintain social distance, to wear our face masks, um, to really give each other the space that we need so that we can go and enjoy and be part of worship. Um, so we're, we've created a plan that we we pray will allow us to do this and for people to be able to worship safely um, while they're with us. So um, all, 9.30, uh, the doors will open for 9.30 worship at 9 a.m. 
Um, we have a plan in place where you will be greeted. Uh, you'll see when you arrive, you will see there are signs that talk about making sure that you're washing your hands, wearing a face mask, mm -hmm. um, keeping your social distance. You'll see signs on the ground, actually, that show you what that six-foot <laughs> range is. If you've been to ATB recently, you've seen the similar kinds of markings. So it's, it will be the same when you arrive um, at First Press. And when you go in the door, we will have greeters who will be helping you guiding you uh, around and in to make sure that we're maintaining that six-foot distance. We have a one-way around the church, so there is one hallway to access the sanctuary. We will close down the other hallway just to keep all the direction going one way. Um, and then ushers, when you get to the sanctuary or when you get to Westminster Hall for contemporary, you will um, be seated by ushers. We have a specific plan to seat in the sanctuary from the front of the sanctuary to to the back and in Westminster Hall from the front sides to the center back is our plan. This again allows us, allows you to come in and be safe. It allows us to get as many people in the sanctuary and Westminster Hall as possible while maintaining a six foot distance between family groups, individuals, or couples. Um, so in the sanctuary, you'll there'll probably be two to three groups per pew um, when you get there. Again, that allows us to maintain that distance. It gives you space um, to be able to enjoy and really be with God during worship um, without concern about maybe someone sneezing on you from the back. <laughs> <We've> <laughs> right, had, right. <laughs> we have pews blocked off. Every other pew is blocked off. Um, for those of you with mobility challenges, um, you can certainly come through. Um, so I don't think that I shared that we will be entering only through the Avenue E entrance. Unless you have mobility issues, in which case you can enter in through the 4th uh, uh, Street entrance there, and there will be an usher there waiting to help seat you um, and dismiss you. Um, so all everyone will be coming through the Avenue E entrance for traditional and contemporary worship. At the conclusion of the traditional worship service, our ushers will dismiss you by pew starting from the back of the church to the front of the church. And we'll all be exiting out um, the doors there in the narthex to our Alamo Street exit, just like we do on Christmas Eve with the candles. Um, so we'll all be going that right. way. This allows, because at that same time, roughly 1030, all of our folks coming in for our contemporary worship service will be entering in through Alamo E. And we're really trying to limit the number of two-way groups coming in the hallway so that we can help you keep that social distance um, on Sunday mornings. When you finish contemporary worship service, um, you will be dismissed um, by your ushers out one door, um, and then everyone will then exit the, the, uh, um, the Avenue E entrance and going out that way. Um, we do have an overflow room. Our Covenant Hall up on the third floor will be our overflow room for both services. So for the um, for the traditional service, once the sanctuary is at capacity, you will be redirected up to Covenant Hall where ushers will be waiting for you. A pastor will be there as well. Um, and then you will be seated towards the back of Covenant Hall to the front. Um, and you will be able to watch the live streamed worship service there. It will be the same for the contemporary worship service. Once Westminster Hall is, is filled, we will move overflow up to Covenant Hall. Um, the exit for Covenant Hall is going to be out the Avenue E entrance. So again, we try to streamline things, make things safer. Uh, we have bathrooms are accessible. Uh, we have now capacity limits on those and staff will be there to help make sure we're maintaining that. Um, we have 
the water fountains will be turned off. Um, as you can imagine, that could be, present a health, um, health hazard. Um, so feel free to bring your water bottles or drinks um, because we will not be having coffee service, um, water service, or the water fountains either available during worship. That is about a thousand and one details, Wendy. And thank you so much for keeping up with all that. I'll tell you the one thing that really does scare me, though, is as a preacher, it scares me that we don't offer coffee on uh, on Sunday morning. Uh, you know, I, I always feel like it always helps people to have that little bit of extra boost to get through my sermons and and stuff like that. So, so thanks for for mentioning all of that. What about people who can't come and actually be there physically? on uh, on Sunday? What, what are their options? Absolutely. So one of the beautiful things about that, is, that has happened through our COVID response has been um, the amazing online um, worship opportunities, Bible studies, classes, and podcasts such as this one, as well as the one that Mitchell and Maggie and Callum have been doing. Um, and these will continue to be offered. We will be offering um, worship services online at 11 a.m. Um, they will. We are excited to be able to uh, begin live streaming both worship services very soon. I'm not exactly sure when that goes uh, live, but uh, they certainly will, we will be continuing with our online worship as you have come to expect um, in the past. So we, those of you who either are choosing to stay home at this time or need to stay home, you are part of this FPC community, and mm-hmm. we feel our togetherness when we're worshiping um, online together. And so please continue to check in that way. Um, it will be an extension of what we're doing at Fourth and Alamo, um, and I just know the Holy Spirit is going to bind us together from wherever you are in your homes um, to those of us at the Sanctuary or Westminster Hall um, until you're ready to return. Wendy, let me let me back up the camera a little bit. We've been we've been looking at or uh, we've been talking a lot about the details for moving through the building, entering the building, precautions were taken. But I want to I want to take a step back, and because I know that this is something that you have been wrestling with. For those of you who don't know Wendy personally, before she uh, took her her role on the staff at First Presbyterian Church, she was an elder. That is a uh, a member of our session at First Presbyterian Church. He has been very, very active as a layperson in ministry at every level and has a a devoted heart to Jesus Christ. And so I want to take a few minutes just to, to step back from the details and talk about the heart behind these decisions and behind these procedures, because I know that there's a tension about, uh, between coming back and staying safe. And what's what's it been like to wrestle with that tension of working out these details, but also knowing that we've got to trust God to carry us through no matter what? You know, this has been a, a unique challenge, but I think our response to it is not unique. I think to do anything successfully, it has to start in prayer. Um, and so I think it's important in all the planning that we've done. Um, those of you who who have not been a part of this, this all was grounded in prayer. We, we have sought, uh, me personally, I know other individuals who've been involved in this, we have all sought God's guidance um, starting off in prayer. Um, we want to make sure that we're, you know, that we're striving to make God's plans and God's mm-hmm. will 
our plans. Um, and so we are asking the question early on, even before the session said we're ready to open, um, asking the questions of how can we continue to love and care for one another in the midst of this? Um, and what are some new ways that we can show love and care? And so that has been truly been the start of all of this was seeking God's will, um, seeking what what is your plan? How do we need to proceed? Um, understanding that we have a broad community. We have people who are very ready to get back together and worship who truly need that for their own health. They need to see the person to person. They need to see people's presence. They need to feel God's presence together with others. Um, and we have people who may, they may also need that, but they just can't participate in that way right, right now. They, you are home either again, because you have chosen to be for your own help or you need to be, perhaps you're caring for someone else and you just don't want to risk being sick because then they, you wouldn't be able to care for them. And so really strive to find ways that we can meet the needs of our greater congregation, which includes all of those folks and all of that spectrum. Um, so we're showing each other's love for those who are coming back. And as we were planning to come back, we have to know that we are we are called to love one another. And that looks a little bit different right now. <laughs> loving one another doesn't mean going up and giving each other a hug. <laughs> loving one right. another right now means wearing a mask so that you're protecting someone else um, and that they're wearing it to help protect you. That's the way that we're showing love for one another. It's showing our love for those folks who are uh, it, to, to maintain that distance, that six foot distance. That's how we're showing love. Um, it's funny being back at church this past week, the number of air hugs that you get. That's become a <laughs> joyful, joyful experience. Almost as good as the I'm a hugging kind of person, and that's been the thing I've missed the most through this. Um, but the, even the air hugs now are kind of serving that that heart purpose. Um, and so showing love that way, but it's also showing love to um, those of you who are home and who still choose to stay home. What I pray for through this is that when we come back together, those of us who are able to come back together um, are truly overcome by the Holy Spirit with the desire to reach out to those of you who can't be there in person, that this it just energizes uh, those who are there to then act and respond, to love our congregation in a different way. Maybe that's by calling people that they wouldn't necessarily call. The people from your pew, you know, two pews up or four pews up and over um, that you've always seen at your 930 traditional service, but you haven't seen in a while. Maybe this experience of being there without them will propel you, will call you, will just, you will just be overcome with the desire to reach out to them. And that, what a blessing that would be for both the person calling and the person receiving that call. Um, you know, I, we're trusting God through this to have had the right people put together mm -hmm. as we were planning this, um, for the, developing the plan for reopening. I feel like God has put you, um, Bob, and the pastoral team here specifically for this purpose and this time, our officers. We have staff and lay leaders who work through logistics on all of this, and I feel very strongly that they are that God has placed them here for this time. And my goodness, our team of volunteers who is prepared to come back, um, some who are doing so a little timidly, um, not coerced, I promise, but just they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they know they want to get back, but but oh, it, it's a, it can be a scary time, but they're ready to and ready to be there to help, um, to greet everyone so that we can, again, love the people who are there with us, so we can continue to love in unique ways those who aren't.
Well, Wendy, this is this is called the No Fear Podcast, and one of our objectives is to explore the many ways that God's Word tells us to have no fear, to have courage, to trust in Him in crises like this or in any situation in life. Are there any particular passages that have empowered or encouraged you during this this season or any particular Bible stories or or, or thoughts that that really have have led you like a beacon or encouraged you, put wind in your sails right now that you could share with us? What the 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 verse that I have continued to come back to is Proverbs three, five through eight. Mm. Trust the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing for your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And and in the past, I'd only really focused on the first two, three, five, and six Mm. and never really read the last one. It's like, it will be healing for your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And boy, have I really needed that through the ups and downs of, of COVID. Um, I, I am one, I, I like to lean on my own understanding a lot. And God <laughs> has been working with me over my 50 years on this planet to, uh, to really work on me with that. And this time has, my goodness, has um, helped me really understand this even more. Um, I have no control over what's going on. I never have, um, but certainly not now uh, when I, I can't go out when I want to. I can't do what I want to. And, and for me, I, sometimes you know, the details you mentioned in developing this plan or being part of the team that developed this plan, when you get down to details like that, God doesn't seem to be present. Boy, though, every detail, hmm. it was, what would God want? Is this the right thing? Do we need to do this? Is this right for God's people? All of that kept coming back to me. I guess overall, it helped me take a step back from everything that I was doing, whether it was, um, you know, navigating, working with four independent adults in one house um, <laughs> to, to you know, working on this plan that hopefully would allow people to come back safely to worship was um, do not lean on your own understanding, Wendy. You've got to lean on God. <laughs> um, and that came back clear and clear to me just just almost daily. You know, I want to, it's funny that you chose that. And I was thinking, you know, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and acknowledge him in all your ways. And he will make straight your paths. When you said that, when you quoted that, I immediately thought about those, those little stickers, those tiles going <laughs> down the hallway. Because when I, when I first saw them, when y'all first set them out, uh, I guess la- late last week, I noticed that at the top of every, every, every one of those squares, it says, love thy neighbor. And then I looked over at the signs and there were scripture passages on the signs. You know, so it was talking about washing your hands and, and, and to be a verse of scripture. I can't remember them all right now, but you know, coming in the doorway, you know, there was encouragement of, of scripture. And, and it is it's fascinating that you know, so often we think about scripture and leading us in very high-minded and, and, and very high-altitude ways, but we don't think about him actually directing our path through a building for the and and spacing us out and and all of these things and it's it really is in many ways where the rubber hits the road isn't it <laughs> it really is we have we have rethought everything about church from how we are walking into church how we're sitting down in church and how we're leaving church 
with the overriding thought of how to, can we best love and protect those entering. And I've never thought about walking into church in that way before, but mm. we, that we had to do that. And it, it has been a very spiritual time, again, from those little circles to, to the wash your hands. And I think it's from James where the wash your hands yes. scripture <laughs> is. Yeah, so you'll see that when you come into the restrooms now, you'll see those stickers on our restrooms, even reminding us of that. And, you know, I, it's one of those things that when they've said when COVID is over, I hope we don't return back to normal. I hope I don't walk into church the same way mm. anymore. I hope I walk into church that God's leading me on that path, um, that I, if I don't see the dots anymore there, I hope that I feel that when I come into church and when I'm seated at church and when I leave church. I hope that's different. Well, it's so true because you know, these these hardships that we are enduring right now are really, um, in some ways, they're kind of first world problems. They're real problems. But when you think about people around the world and and some of the obstacles, the the dangers that they have to endure to gather for worship, I mean, they aren't worried about a virus. They're worried about bullets. They're worried about prison. Mm-hmm. They're worried about um, about serious persecution. And um, and yet, you know, going through this, it makes us appreciate just how important and how wonderful it is to gather with one another as the body of Christ. I, I just, mm. just preaching into a camera is not the same as preaching and, and sharing that, that time and space with the people you love. It's just a very different sort of experience. You know, I, I'm also reminded of the old adage, it is not in the Bible, um, where people say, well, the devil's in the details. Um, I think I, I think you and your team have have proven that the devil can be driven out of the details and that that space, <laughs> that tiny space can be claimed by the Lord Jesus Christ. So, I, amen. It has been the, it has <laughs> been through this process for sure. One, one of my it's funny. Uh, first Peter four nine says offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I can't promise that there's not been a little <laughs> bit of grumbling. I'm not a mask person myself. It's a challenge for me to wear a mask, but I've kind of changed that tune when I think about it, not what my own discomfort is, but that I'm helping to protect somebody else. And, and while there's probably a little bit of grumbling through the details, because you just don't want to think of church in this way, it's been such a blessing how it's changed changed our trajectory and changed the process. And, and the people who helped make this happen, you know, Tom Dooling, Jane Watson, our worship committee leader, Susan Dolnick, who oversees operations, and Jeff Carowin, um, our, our entire communications team just throughout all of this has been phenomenal. And everyone will start seeing that come through, especially this, this week as we prepare for reunion. But uh, also on the, just back to those signage, all of that was Martha Maynard, um, mm-hmm. Martha Maynard's brainchild. She did an amazing job, beautiful job conceptualizing all of those signs. And we're just so thrilled that, that she, that God had called her to this for sure. Well, it is, it is visually impressive. It looks like, it looks like we had this plan to do for years in advance, just the, all the preparation, but just the fact that it was brought together so quickly is just even that much more impressive. And this week we're going to be celebrating our, our reunion together, our comeback Sunday on Pentecost. So I want to remind everybody, remember to wear red. It is the color of Pentecost. I I hope that, that we are just blinded by the amount of red that we see in both of our services. Um, The, the, the whole experience is going to be different, um, but it is going to be wonderful. And I'm, I'm so pleased that, 
that Wendy, you and your team have been able to and have so so devotedly given your time to getting us all back together. So no, it's been it's been our pleasure and my pleasure personally. Um, what a blessing to be part of this church community, truly. Well, Wendy, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast today. I look forward to having you back again, maybe for a for a status report as maybe things are going back open or, or even to a new level of normal in the future. But thank you today for all the work that you've done for your team and especially for reminding us that this all began with prayer. Thank you for being with us again for this No Fear podcast. Please join us for this and our other daily podcasts throughout the COVID-19 crisis at fpcsanantonio.org. Until next time, I'm Bob Fuller of First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio, Texas. Be not afraid. God is real. Jesus is alive and the Holy Spirit is with us. God loves you. He has a plan and purpose for your life. He has a position for you on his team and a place for you at his table.